Welcome to Questions That Matter, a podcast of the C.S. Lewis Institute. I'm your host, Randy Newman, and my conversation partner today is Tim Thornborough of The Good Book Company in the UK. Tim, welcome to Questions That Matter. Hi, Randy. Uh, I love the questions you ask, and uh, I will attempt to give my uh, rather uh, pathetic answers from the <laughs> side of the pond. <laughs> well, uh, Tim, you and I have talked a bunch of times about the kinds of books that get published and the kinds of books mm. that get read. And that's, that's where I wanted to go. That, that's the question that matters to me today of w- w- what is it that people are reading? And in particular, what is it that Christians are reading? And w- what does that tell us about trends in the church or the outlook for the future? So what, what kind of books are people reading from, from your vantage point? What do you see? Um, well, I'm from a very specific vantage point, and uh, which is from the United Kingdom uh, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, as its full title is. Uh, but uh, the, I mean, you can you can there are places you can look to to see trends. We regularly dive into um, Amazon to look at what's top of various categories. We get the Christian bestseller lists from ECPA, that's the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association, to see what's really selling. And it, we, we discuss virtually every month at our meeting what is, what is selling for other people and why that is and whether um, it's the kind of stuff we would want to publish or whether we're looking at something kind of different. In some ways, I think bestseller lists are—they're they're kind of beguiling for a publisher because you know you look at the at the Christian bestseller list for for October, twenty twenty one, and it's all a bit predictable, really. Uh, top is the five love languages, um, which is by Gary Chapman. It's been in that spot for you know the last 15 or 20 years it's, it's a <laughs> massively successful book hmm. uh, that is really just helpful advice on people about all kinds of relationships that they're mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. in and um uh it's uh, it's not a, a, what i would call a strongly christian book uh it's it doesn't of course, there's a background to uh, scripture. There's a background of Christian faith involved there. Gary Chapman's a Christian believer. Moody, who publish it, are a, a Christian publisher. Uh, but it's the kind of book that people who aren't Christians can enjoy and uh, uh, get a lot from, e- even you know if they don't necessarily buy into the gospel. You know, all the things that you would expect human beings being human beings to be interested in, to have struggles with, to want help with when they're in a moment of crisis, they are all there just sort of crowding out the top 10. You know, uh, I want to know how to be better at loving the people who are close to me, my wife, Mm -hmm. my family, my uh, children, my neighbors, and so on. Well, Gary's book's going to help you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, Forgiving what you can't forget. I mean, forgiveness is something that you know, perennially we, 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 we struggle with. There's a whole category of books that, that just inhabit the top 10, the top 50, that are simply about 
uh, here I am. I'm a I'm a, a human being with a, a life and all the struggles that everybody else has. Uh, I'm not quite sure what my direction is. I can't work out where I'm heading in life. Please, can someone just help me get a handle on how I can be better at being a, a human being or have a better di- direction? Uh, the other one, actually, uh, oh, it's down at number nine and uh, number ten. Um, stuff practical stuff on just handling your money uh really big deal for people um Mm. total money makeover that's that's regularly up there so Mm -hmm. in in a sense you you ask you ask the question of any pastor what are the things the people in your congregation are struggling with most and you'll find something that addresses that uh in in that top 50 um of uh uh, Christian bestsellers. So now I'm I'm getting the idea either well maybe not from what you're saying now but from other conversations but um, uh, the good book companies trying to go in some other directions than that aren't you uh, are you I mean I know you address those kinds of issues but mm. well well I tell you what let's let's rewind the clock a little bit the good book company's been around for about thirty years mm. what was it that prompted you to start it. Was there a, a lack of a certain kind of book that you thought needed to be published? Or tell us a little bit of the the, the backstory of the Good Book Company. Thanks, Randy. Um, yeah, I, I had no intention of starting a Christian publishing company, <laughs> although it became, uh, you know, uh, as you as you as you know, guidance is mostly stuff that you can see in the rearview mirror, not out, mm. not out of the front of the car. Uh, and it was it's been so obvious in retrospect that you know the lord was uh uh guiding me directing me training me giving me all the equipment i needed to 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 do this um but i had no intention of starting a christian publishing company but but once it had started through what was very clearly a a god thing um it just became so clear that this is exactly what I was built for. And so it progressed from there. So the three words that we we regularly use around the office here are that we want our books to be uh, biblical. And that is um, not just quoting texts to back up what we say, but we want people to engage themselves with scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, through our through our books, because I mean that's the primary conviction we have, that uh, it's the the hearing, the understanding, the um, engagement with uh, the Word of God, which is where all Christian growth comes from. Which is you know if you're if you're not a Christian, it's hearing the Word of the Gospel, it's encountering the life of Jesus and the Scriptures that that is the the, the key thing that will help you move towards salvation and if you're a believer uh, it's what will help you grow and give you the equipment for discipleship i mean that's that's plain enough from scripture itself you know the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, all scripture is god breathed and is useful for training teaching and, and so on and so forth um what surprised me 30 years ago was how few christian publishers actually do that um mm. they want they want, you know, they want an author to give us your opinion about what this this passage is saying. So you don't mm. end up reading scripture; you end up reading 
the opinion of the author about what this passage of scripture says. So ah, ah. that's the that's the that's the that's the biblical part of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the second word we use is um, accessible, um, and for us, accessibility means um, uh, ac- accessible in terms of language, accessible in terms of length accessible in terms of what you can expect an ordinary reader to read. We reckon that there are are about 10% typically of a Christian congregation, uh, evangelical congregation, that will read a Christian book once a year. There are maybe three or four percent in some congregations that will, will happily read five or six Christian books a year. But once you get beyond that 10% who, who have understood that uh, Christian literature of various kinds can really uh, help um, uh, improve, uh, educate, encourage, stimulate their faith, uh, you get 90% of a congregation who just would never pick up a Christian book of their own mm. volition. Uh, and you're and, and, and you're saying that with with a fair amount of conviction that uh, research backs that up. I mean, I, I know I've talked to you before. I mean, th- this isn't just your speculation, but so so ten percent will read one book a year, three to four percent will read five or six books a year. I, I need to find right now where my my bottle of Prozac is because that's so discouraging to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right. Um, uh anyway sorry uh, so so when, when we say accessible we're saying to ourselves look we think i mean it's it's ridiculous for us to think that everybody could read a book um but if we could craft the books we are creating to reach an, the next 10% of the congregation that if someone you know if the minister were to hold up a book and say Look, this brilliant book has just arrived. Um, you know the title's appealing, the the covers appealing. Uh, they open it up and flick it through, and it's and it's not long and dense. Uh, but they they say to themselves, "Do you know what? I I, I think I think I could manage that." Hmm. That is the the biggest win of all for us. Okay, um, because actually that top ten percent anyway you know, they, they really want resources like that anyway. Um, early, early days, it was amazing to me. We used to get lots of reviews by Americans saying, I can't believe how much they have said in so few pages. Mm. It's astonishing mm-hmm. to me that they can cover this subject so well mm-hmm. in just nine, in barely 96 pages. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, that's because you've got used to people saying in 300 pages what they could have said in 96 pages much better and reach more people with it. I will jump in here and say the very first book I read published by the Good Book Company was Sam Alberry's book, Is God Anti-Gay? And mm-hmm. I ended up using it as a textbook and a course that I taught. And that was exactly my thought of um, it is amazing how much he has packed into less than 100 pages or around a hundred pages. And um, so I I guess that's not to say that some books shouldn't be longer, but 
but it certainly does say that a whole lot of books don't need to be more than 100 pages. Is that is that where your thinking is? Um, yeah, that's absolutely right, Randy. And um, I mean, I think the f- the third the third word we use um, is is gives us the whole picture there, which is biblical, accessible, um, and but relevant. Mm. In other words, speaking to the actual realities of the lived lives of of ordinary church members today. Mm. And again, it's, it's this sense that there is this, um, the Christian media industry has partly been responsible for, for, for broadcasting this image of what a perfect Christian family should look like and a wonderful Christian church should look like. Of course, those are wonderful things to aim for and to have a, a vision of how life could be with people who are uh, close to Christ and committed to his word and his ways. But the reality, as you are aware, and we should all be aware, is often very different. Mm. Um, so if, you, if you're publishing books, and particularly fiction, actually, Christian fiction, where everything is joy and light and, you know, is a, a million miles from reality, you're not mm. actually helping people. Mm. Um, mm. So, so interestingly, that book you talked about, uh, Is God Anti-Gay, um, it, 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 it came from... Um, reading one of these uh, older books of, you know, the 10 questions that people ask Christians. Um, and, you know, here's how to answer them. Um, by someone called Paul Little, How sure. to Give Away Your Faith. And, and okay. there, were, there were sort of uh-huh. 10 questions in it. It's a very right. old book. Right. Um, right. And I read through it and I thought, well, no one asks these questions anymore. Hmm. Um, yeah. th- they might do. Uh, 18 months into a conversation with them. But the questions they're asking are uh, about blockages to even thinking about faith, one of which is uh, sex and sexuality. Is God anti-gay? So Mm -hmm. I I really wanted to address, you know, and that's an example of relevance. This is what real people's lives actually are. Um, uh, So... Um, and and are being honest about how messy people's lives are, even Christians' lives are. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I I subscribe to a number of different newsletters, and I read about what God is doing around the world. And frequently, repeatedly, I see and hear pleas for the need for discipleship all around the world. That is the crying need of our time. And that is the specific focus that God has placed on the C.S. Lewis Institute. So we're, we're so very grateful to be involved and have been for decades in something that could very well be the greatest need of our world today. So please consider uh, becoming a financial partner with us. It would be at the very core and central uh, centrality of what God is doing in our world today. Yeah, and those questions do change over time. And and you're exactly right. Paul Little wrote that book, I think, back in the 1960s, and it was a great help to people then, tremendously. Mm. But you're right that people are not asking those questions anymore, or certainly, I mean, there's some that are perennial, like, mm. why does a good God allow evil and suffering? That's always yeah. been asked, it always will be. Although the way we answer it today 
um, biblically will still be the same, but we'll talk about it in light of COVID-19, not mm. um, September 11th, 2001, um, mm. because because that's not in people's front frame right in front of them. So I really do appreciate that, that you go after those kinds of questions that people are asking or 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 they're not asking them, but they're wondering them. They're not saying them out loud, but you're right. They're blockages. Um, the, the conversation doesn't even start because people are thinking, um, why are Christians so hypocritical or why are they so anti-science? That's an area mm. that you've gone after uh, with John Lennox and some others. Mm. So um, um, are, are there trends that you're seeing as far as age group? Go. In other words, are, are younger readers reading less, reading more, only reading blog posts, only reading tweets? Um, or uh, uh, do you see any of those kind of trends? One of the, I was just talking to, with our editorial team just before this podcast, actually, about um, what some people call comics, but in generic terms is adult um, illustrated mm-hmm. uh, books, which which are the fastest growing segment actually of um, of of physical published books. Is that what uh, some call graphic novels? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I mean it's troublesome terminology for Christians because uh, comic the word comic we associate with something that's just there to be silly and make you laugh and. Mm-hmm. The gospel's neither silly nor um, a laughing matter in that regard, uh, and nor is um, you know a graphic novel Bible. Well, it's not a novel, is it? It's um, yeah. it's, it's true. It's what it's what happened. It's how God revealed Himself in history. So I use I prefer the term adult illustrated. Okay, but, um, and you're saying that's the fastest growing segment. Uh, yeah, I I I think so. Um, there are way more comic books in America than there are Christian bookshops. Um, mm-hmm. And it added, I think, on the, the things in the general market, not necessarily in the Christian market. But, I mean, we're all communicators, right? I mean, uh, if you ask me what the good book company is, uh, of course, we're a book publisher. But really what we are is a um, a Christian communications organization. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. happens that most of the things we do are physical books at the moment. But mm-hmm. um, uh, it, uh, the job is, how do you take this uh, enriching, nurturing, uh, important content and enable people to access it in a way which suits them and helps them? Um and you know we we've uh, given ourselves to uh, making books that are more accessible, um, but they're still books. They're still tree books, as we call them, made out of trees, <laughs> as opposed to e-books um, uh, or earbooks. Um, <clears throat> for audio, audio is is a, is one of the fastest growing uh, mediums for for communication of what start life as a, a standard tree book mm. but um as a category of printed book um 
uh, yeah, Adult Illustrated is 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 up there. So the the chief um, digital way that you access comic books is um, an app called Comicsology, which is um, part of the Amazon world. You go to Audible for your audio books, which is also Amazon. You go to Comicsology for for uh, illustrated books. Um, their throughput grew thirty three percent last year. Hmm. Um, uh, Adult Illustrated is very patchy worldwide, so it's not huge in the UK. It's it's big in America and Canada. It's huge in France and Belgium. Hmm. Um, so some of the partner organisations we work with in translation, their biggest in France, their biggest uh, category of sales of all their Christian books is uh, comic books, adult animated books. Wow! Um, huh. And of course, enormous in Japan and Korea and uh, uh, China and Singapore and other places um, around the world. Uh, the biggest sell is chi- selling, chi- uh, biggest selling children's Bible is. Give us a guess. I was going to say the Jesus Storybook Bible, but maybe not. No, that's that's words. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, it's got to be pictures. Yeah, it is. Is the Action Bible, uh, which is a comic book. Uh huh. Wow. Mm. What other what other differences do you see between the UK and the US as far as reading and books go? <laughs> well, l- length is one thing. Th- there is a there is a s- a subset of Americans of whom I, I I think you're probably one, Randy, who love to read long books. You know, there's there's a um, there's a tradition of of publishing. And people reading and thinking about and discussing and having within the national discourse through um, interviews and articles on in, in newspapers and on the radio of serious-minded mm-hmm. uh, books mm-hmm. of, of of all kinds: political, social, right. um, spiritual, theological, philosophical. Uh, that's that's much smaller in the UK, uh, actually. If I could, somebody may disagree with this hugely, in which case, please feel free to write into Randy Newman uh, and um, <laughs> right. tell him not to have such idiots on his podcast. Um, I think that one of the things that has spoiled the Christian publishing industry in the US is the availability, is the size of having so many really well-educated ministers. So uh, I think I'm right in saying that there are something like half a million employed Christian workers in the U.S. Oh, my. Huh. In, in churches. That's not just pastors, assistant pastors, youth workers, right. children's right. workers, and so on and so forth. Uh, many, many of the people in pastoral ministry will automatically get a book grant as part of their, mm. um, of their uh, remuneration package. Um, and it's their job to sit and read heavyweight books. Mm. So if I'm I'm a publisher sitting um, uh, in the place where all those other Christian publishers are, Grand Rapids, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking that's my prime market. I've got half a million people to shoot for there who've got mo- got money to spend on books. Huh. Uh, if I craft a book for them, 
that they're all going to be interested in reading because it's about you know pastoral ministry or dealing with some kind of pastoral problem then um that's me sorted as a publisher i can i can publish academic right um because uh you know that's their job to sit and read books part of the time and you're saying that um <clears throat> but that's actually a small percentage of of the total population so so the books get targeted for these highly trained educated people but they're actually a small percentage of christians yeah is that right yeah and and mm. uh, a smaller percentage of uh, of the population as as a whole mm. you know finding finding crafting a book that non-christians can engage with uh and will be will feel accessible and relevant to them is always the it's the big thing you know i'm always searching for and asking the question about how can i make that connection in an evangelistic book that i as a christian could not just give away to someone who isn't a believer but but give to a believer and they'd be do you know what that's really interesting i'd i'd, I'd love to read that right you know, it's it's what i call pull marketing rather than push marketing oh, uh, oh you know they oh, want good. it yes they, they want it mm -hmm. once you've explained what it is to them it's not oh golly randy's given me another book i better read him otherwise he'll you know look critically at me next time i you know, <laughs> meet him in the park right and it's a tremendous it's a tremendous challenge i mean i i i hope to someday write a, a book like that 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 I could give to non-believers and they wouldn't feel like, oh, I better read it because Randy's my friend and I don't want to, you know, jeopardize the friendship. It's that they would look at the title or the description and they would say, oh, these are actually the kinds of questions I've been wondering about. Hmm. And that that is a tremendous challenge because there are these books. Um, I, I'll be I'll try to be careful not to mention the, the titles, but there are, there are books that. Um, uh, they they look like the kind of book that you would give to a non-Christian because they're an evangelistic book and they sell yeah. really well, but I think they're selling to Christians. Yeah. And I'm not so sure that non-Christians are actually reading them. Um, but but here, I, I just went th this morning before we started recording, I went online I'm, and I thought, I wonder what kind of books are on the New York Times bestseller list. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at non-fiction books and they're all rather large, 500 pages, 400 pages, 512 pages. Um, a lot of them are political ones um, or historical ones. But I'm guessing that, okay, those are the New York Times bestsellers, but that's still a pretty small percentage of the whole population. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, tiny by comparison. Right. So they're the New York Times bestsellers, but 98% of the people that I know are not reading any of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I find this interesting. I'm hoping our listeners will as well, because I, I know that the, the people who connect with the C.S. Lewis Institute are readers. We like to read. Um, say a little bit about the series of books you've done that are commentaries that are mm. trying to be accessible to the average Christian. Because... Um, they're 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 very accessible. They're they're short. They're uh, they're all under the title, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, Luke for you, James for you. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's right. We call it the God's Word for You series. Yes, God's Word um, for You, as opposed to the thick monster 
um, uh, commentaries that I love to read. I love them, but I but okay. I know I'm not going to recommend them to anybody. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a freak, Randy. You, well, you know that, okay, you? you didn't have to say that while we were recording, and I will work diligently to have that line removed and edited. I'm a freak. Well, this this conversation has come to an abrupt end. Thanks so very much. Mm, mm. Well, wait, before you go, Tim, say a word about your commentary series that's so thin. (laughs) Um, Yeah, again, this was the accessibility thing. And Mm -hmm. um, my... uh, We have a phrase that we use on the front, that we crafted on the front, um, that Carl Lafferton, our uh, amazing editorial director, and I came up with in this very room. Um, we wanted it to be useful in a whole, you know, who reads commentaries? Basically, uh, students uh, who are trying to get the piece of paper, uh, um, ministers who are wanting to prep a sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that about it? Really, oh. people like people like you who you know have, uh, really want some kind of in-depth sure. understanding of, of of the scriptures, and then we thought, look, th- th- there are there are two other categories that are often missed out. Um, the vast majority of teaching and Bible engagement in a church happens in home groups, home right. Bible study groups. Right. So. What is there around that can really help someone who has uh, just come in from a day's work? They're you know they're pushing hours at, at work. They're they're busy with their family. They're busy uh, with with church stuff, and then they sit down. They've got to you know prep a, a Bible study for their for their home group. What is there that we can really help people get the the big picture of a Bible book? And by the same token. Is it possible to produce a commentary that people could just kind of read for their own, you know, quiet time or devotionals mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if they have one of those? Or if they were just interested in getting to grips with what Galatians is all about? Yes. Able to read it through as a, as a, as a book without mm-hmm. stumbling over um, uh, languages that they don't know anything about, uh, Greek and Hebrew and so on, Latin and so on. Mm-hmm. Um and having some of the the clutter that commentaries feel they have to engage with because they are questions in academic circles that that need need dealing with. So we came up with this phrase that um, these books were for for uh, for leading, for reading, for uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, here's a book that a, a minister, you, you've prepped a sermon, you've used the big commentaries on Galatians, so right. you've really got to grips with what's going on. But here's a book by a preacher that you can also read that's got illustrations in, that's mm-hmm. got the big picture that will help you just fashion a sermon and give you a sense of how this passage hangs together as a whole, having done a deep dive into the trees this will show you the wood in a clear way um but it's also a book a home group leader can use and uh, and someone who's interested can sit and read so that was the aim of the series are you a fisher of men uh do you want to be a fisher of men do you do you struggle with this call that jesus places on us to be fishers of men 
uh, discipling others is also a significant part of that whole enterprise. And it's a way to abide in Christ. It's a way for us to know Christ more fully, become more like him and participate in his work of building his kingdom. So as we disciple, we become co-workers with Jesus. As he helps us mature, he allows us to help him mature others and nurture them towards reproduction and expanding of his kingdom. And so we have many free small group resources on our website, uh, many different things to help you in this discipleship process, both to grow as a disciple and to disciple others. So please check out cslewisinstitute.org slash products. Oh, well, I think you've, I think you've accomplished those goals. Uh, I really love them. Um, I think Tim Keller's commentary on Galatians in that series, um, it really does exactly what you just said. Someone who's a community group leader could read it and lead a discussion of the book of Galatians. Someone who can just read it as part of their quiet time and part of their personal study. Mm. And it it works really, really well that way. And I think you were right in that I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for those scholarly mm. commentaries, and I want pastors to be reading those, but, but they're not what, the, what yeah. the people in my community group need to be reading. Um, and they, 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 they don't need to be reading those, and they're not going to. Um, and even if you made a strong argument about why they should, I, I still, they're still not going to read them. So th- those are tremendously helpful for a whole group of people who have not been served well, I think, by those kind of things. So I'm I'm so grateful for those mm. uh, those commentaries for you. Well, I, I do want to wrap this up, but um, so what what are some trends? What, what are some things you think that are coming that encourage you? What what are you encouraged about as far as God's people reading? Um, th- there's a uh, a continuing. Um, uh, interest in in uh, books on uh, doctrine. Um, you know, people really want to work out what church is and how we should fit into it, and how how the the building blocks of Christian understanding mm. um, are there. It, it's you know, it's a different doctrine is a different view on scripture. I I, I often describe it like. Um, uh, uh, you know, books of doctrine are are those heavyweight horticultural books where you can look up uh, what a flower is and how to grow it. Um, whereas the Bible is more like a walk in in a garden, a beautiful sort of wild garden. Uh, and books on doctrine help you, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. help you spot in Scripture themes that are there but might be hidden within. You know the 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 narrative of what's going on. Another another big trend I think is um, um, uh, creative fiction, best-selling category of fiction in general is. Do you know what it is, Randy? It's romance. Romance no. uh, is is the biggest. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so if you really want to make money, drop all this sort of, you know, C.S. Lewis and how to share your faith sort of stuff and write a write a good, solid, 
here's how I met my <laughs> beloved kind of uh, story. Um, uh, but <clears throat> there are some really good people working in Christian fiction. Um, um, there are kind of different kinds of Christian fiction. There's some that are very on the surface and, you know, a bit sort of pedestrian that I think that personally think they're pedestrian that feed this desire. So you'll find, you know, with Christian publishers, a huge number of, um, you know, Amish love stories, you know, which are sort of very, yeah. You should write an Amish love story, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was it? Okay. Um, It was next on uh, my list. uh, uh, (laughs) But there there are some really smart, creative people doing some really interesting things in young adult adult fiction. Um, uh, Where where the, the Christian worldview is embedded, but it's but it's done with subtlety and style. Um, uh, which I think is a good thing. If, if right. you're wanting kids right. to read literature, you want them to read great, great literature first and, for, and foremost um, that stimulates their imagination. Mm-hmm. You've talked about this in, in your book, actually, right. haven't you, on C.S. Lewis? Um, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, Lewis had that phrase where he said, we, we want more books. And he actually even said more little books, <laughs> mm. more little books where the Christianity is latent. Um, and uh, I realized just saying that is opening up 12 cans of worms. Um, um, so I'll have to save that for another podcast. And um, if, if you'd like me to give you something that will have uh, the, the Twitter, Twitterati up in arms. Um, I don't know if I do, but sure, let's right. give it a try. You can always crop it out, Randy. Um, <laughs> you see, I think the Harry Potter series is uh, they're Christian novels. Hmm. Um, the whole worldview is Christian. The whole storyline is about redemption. Hmm. J.K. Yeah. Rowling is 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 Christian herself. I don't know what her personal faith is, but you know it's. It's built on a Christian worldview, um, yeah. and the whole story is, you know, uh, the Jesus story. Actually, isn't it? It's redemp. It's it's redemption painted within this uh, imaginative, magical world, which is only the same thing that C.S. Lewis did, but in a slightly more allegorical way in the in the in the first book in particular, right. uh, the line, the witch, and the wardrobe. Um, maybe more closely to uh, what Tolkien was doing, um, uh, a little more subtle, um, but woven in beautifully written. Um, mm. Well, we, we need to uh, wrap this up. Uh, and, and yeah, so who knows what kind of response people will give, but I, I'm encouraged and I hope you are. I, I, I think uh, there's plenty of things to discourage us about trends and what people are reading or not reading. But then at the same time, there's tremendous things that are coming. And like you just said, the books on doctrine. Um, mm. And I, I loved your, your image there of um, uh, a book on a, a stroll through a garden as opposed to a technical, well, let's dig in and look at this particular flower. Mm. Uh, those are very encouraging to me that they're selling as well as they are. Mm. Um, so um, uh, this has been great, but uh, we're going to bring it to a close. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we hope that you'll check out our website, the cslewisinstitute.org. 
and um, check out articles and books that we recommend there. I hope you'll also visit uh, the Good Book Company's website. They're producing lots and lots of really, really great things, and they can help you um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Thanks for listening.